I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash mega and use code mega to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain... Oh, we're trying to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertained. Woo-hoo-hoo! This month is... Wow! Oh, Maze, why'd you say that? Supercharge it. (laughs) So that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. (laughs) Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every single week we're giving our mega church a tiny family feel. We love to introduce you to members of our church staff, people from our community, and I always find it to be a treat and a treasure. And per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Haas. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh to death on me, Hallie. How are you? Oh, so blessed. How are you? How are your kids who come to Climax? Everything is rolling along smoothly in Climax. Hallie, you know, something I did this week I thought was really exciting. I'm not sure if you saw the headlines, but, you know, my new favorite speaker of the house, Mike Johnson, not really sure what the speaker does, but this guy seems totally lit. I saw a cool video on TikTok that says, you know, outside of his office, he's got the American flag. Mm. He's got the Louisiana state flag. Mm. And then he's got a seven mountain mandate flag. Do you know what this is, Hallie? 
do. I haven't heard about it in years, though. I know. It kind of was an old school evangelical thing that I guess is making a comeback. Hmm. And for those who don't know, basically the Seven Mountain Mandate was a bunch of, you know, believers all had the same vision back Hmm. in the 70s. And that was that they needed to influence the seven mountains of dominionism, which basically means there are seven aspects of society that that we got to just get Christians in there. And those seven things were family, religion, education, meteor, entertainment, business, and government. Fantastic. And I just started thinking with my teens, and I thought, you know what, Hallie? I started having a vision that I think God put on my heart that was, I think there should be seven new mountains. Oh. And I really started you know, just channeling this. And so I came up with my own seven mountain mandate. And now I think the teens are very into it. I've seen a few, <laughs> I've seen a few flags and things that they're making after, after I asked them to, you know, let's all do an activity where we make a new seven mandate mountain flag. And uh, yeah, we're going to influence new areas, which is great. Uh, what areas? Well, exercise. Okay. Uh, diet. Workout facilities. Oh, wow. Hotels. Okay. TikTok. Oh. And energy drinks. Of course. And then I guess the last one I kind of just, I, I, I thought maybe water treatment plants. Oh, why why water treatment? I couldn't, I actually couldn't think of a seventh one, but um, so oh. I just kind of, that was off of energy drinks. But I just, they got so excited thinking like, yeah, let's update this thing. Let's get into these new areas of society. So go check that out. The new, uh, you can check out my website, the new Seven Mountain Mandate, and just see how you can participate in one of the new Seven Mountains, you know, exercise, diet, workshop, workout facilities, hotels, TikTok, energy drinks and the thinking and water treatment and water but the treatment thinking plants, is yeah. that you if christians take over each one of these pillars of society then eventually we'll be able to you know enforce a fully like christian nation where i people... think that's the plan hallie i wow. didn't really I, I, all i know is that the flag looked cool and i thought mm. oh i basically get the general idea so let's make a new one Oh, wow. That's fantastic. How are you, Hallie? What's going on? Well, I covet your prayers, my friend, because, you know, I've sort of been watching my husband, Lance Labonte, during our weekend series we're in right now. Lead Pastor Steve is teaching a series called Under Siege. Under Siege. Oh, I saw some of this where he plays uh, clips from the Steven Seagal movie of the same name. Yes. And it's a series focusing on masculinity and how men are the most important people in all all of society, because guess what? God chose to come to planet Earth. Did he come as an insect or a llama or a lady? Nope. Guess what he came as? He came as a guy, dude, just like one of us. And so lead pastor Steve is really trying to teach, you know, through these Steven Seagal clips and stuff that are kind of showing this powerful masculinity. He's talking about how men must be strong. They have to be the strength of the family, the backbone, the muscle, the, all that stuff they have. If they have to be strong for their wives, they have to be strong for their families. They have to be strong for society, strong for the church. They have to be strong for God. They have to be strong. And nothing shows that better than Steven Seagal taking on an entire aircraft carrier of terrorists led by Tommy Lee Jones. For sure. And I think it's really exciting, too, when people get to watch cool clips like that, you know, and again, they go, this is church and they just see how relevant it is to their lives. And anyway, my husband, Lance Labonte, has, you know, I feel like he's just instead of uh, being upright, straight up and down like a like the capital letter I, he's turning into more of like a 
small letter C. He's just hunched over his phone. He's always watching football on ESPN on his phone and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Steve is talking about that men are under siege and you have to be strong because you are, you know, you're the stronger sex. You're the one God chose to be the head of the household and everything. And so I'll go out for a walk after dinner or whatever. And I'll say, come on, walk with us. I'm walking with the kids. And he'll only get as far as the mailbox and have to go back in. He sneezed and threw his back out. And now he says he can't even lift something as heavy as a glass of water. What? And so I really, you know, I'm having to like lift up my corgis and my Frenchies to get him into the back of the Tahoe. He can't even lift up a 15 to 30 pound dog at this point. And I thought I'd do something nice for him. So I had a custom bumper sticker made and I put it on his Tahoe to make him feel good and strong. Oh, that's nice. What's it say? It says Lance Strong. And it's kind of in the font and style of that Live Strong. You remember from the bike guy? Oh, no. Does does Lance have testicular cancer? Just a lot of fatigue, I think. Oh, but. okay. Yeah, well, that'll maybe we can make the bracelets too. I always thought those were cool. Very cool. I kind of miss those. Never see them much anymore. <laughs> Jesus will return when we hear the great trumpet. Our guest today is returning to us. It's Ashantansha Bakley. Welcome back to the program. How you feeling, my friend? I am feeling so good. And I just have to say, you both look amazing. It is so nice to see your faces, especially you, Gray. Well, Ashantansha, we are so excited to have you back to have a check-in and a follow-up because God continues to do miracles in your life. You used to be an honor code officer at Indiana Bible University. So cool. So awesome. And now you've got this missions on missions on missions on missions. I feel like it's like missionaries on missions for mission. What what is it? actually? missionaries saving Mormon missionaries. That okay. is so cool. So mission missionaries on, for the ones that are on missions. A mission Mi- to save the missionaries. Missionaries mission. to save, yes, a mission to save Mormon missionaries. And listen, let me tell you, I, I loved working at the Honor Code office, but I got to the point where I realized that I just wasn't doing enough good. Oh. And this happened because, you know, I had a kid come to me and he said he got in a terrible car accident. Oh. He was prescribed opioids and he ended up getting addicted to this painkiller. Oh, and he said this is yeah, he said it's my doctor's fault. Like it's I don't I don't I'm trying to get sober. And I told him, look, it's not my fault. You should have been strong enough not to have to take the painkillers in the first place because taking drugs is against the honor code. So I went mm. to lock his transcripts, make sure he couldn't register for next semester, get rid of his on-campus housing. And then I get a call from the dean of students office and they tell me well, you can't because, like, he's a football player. Oh. And I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. What? Like, you're telling me that football players are exempt from the honor code? And I just thought that that was so disgusting that I was like, I have to get, I have to serve in some other way. Well, yep. when you're so, a, a yep. football player at Indiana Bible College, too, I mean, the program is so strong. And I mean, I'm sure that there are, you know, I'm sorry, but priorities get misplaced, don't they, when you've got such a strong football program? Yeah, they keep telling me he's the next, like, Tom Beatty. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't care. Well, I do want to ask about this program because I think this is so exciting that you are sending out, what what does it look like? You're sending out pairs of young people to follow around these other pairs of young people as they're on their missions? Well, I don't know if you know this about me, but I actually went 
on a Mormon mission. You did. Ooh. Yes. So I'm I'm what they call a FOMO. Okay. Oh. Former Mormon. Oh. But I got out of the cult. But before I got out of the cult, I was one of those young missionaries knocking on doors and getting people into the cult, you know? And and I really regret that. I feel this feels a little bit like reparations. What was that like knocking on doors and and converting people to a terrible cult? Well, you'd be surprised. People are either really nice and offer you water and tell you to come in even if they're not interested, or they yell and scream at your face. Oh, oh. kind of the binary there, isn't it? Yeah. And you were on. I th- I think I remember you said you were on your missions to Cancun, Mexico. Is that right? Oh, wow. that is correct. And a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, was it like a vacation? It was not. Oh, really? No, it was horrible. And I never learned the language. But a lot of people are on vacation there, right? Yeah, that's normally where I would actually get some good hits because I couldn't seem to manage the language. So we would just go to these big hotel resorts, eat a little buffet, knock on hotel doors, which, by the way, is much faster than going around neighborhoods. Oh, sure. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. And is it sometimes not satisfying? Because do you ever really get to follow up with those? Because a lot of times it's probably like people on spring break or whatever. And then even if they do join the church, are you able to ever follow up with them? Because it seems like a pretty transient population in Cancun. Well, when I was there, I would ask for their phone number, their home address, and like permission to put them in contact with like a local bishop, regardless of where they lived in the world. Oh, I love that. Wow. I mean, I don't love that you were doing that, but I love that you you had that follow-up. Well, now I'm going to use all those skills to pull people back from Mormonism. I so I it. learned all the tricks, and I'm just going to use them against themselves. Oh, strategic. And speaking of which, what is the difference between a Mormon bishop and a bishop on a chessboard? I would say that Mormon bishops are... Much more strict okay. because you know a a bishop on a chessboard's going diagonal. Okay, and there's no there's none of that. Okay, they're straight and narrow, hold oh. to the iron rod. You understand? I see. Wow, it sounds very official. Like I don't know, we don't have bishops in Christianity, and you know the one true faith, and they sound scary to be honest. They, and it's good to are. know that in chess they go diagonal. They are scary. What do they do? Do they abuse you? Well, I felt very much like I learned a lot about how to be an honor code officer from the many, many bishop interviews that I had. I'm a little ashamed to say that when I was a teenager, and you know it's a hormonal time, I uh, I had a little bit of a problem um, loving myself too much, if um, that makes sense. No. And so I would have to go into the bishop and describe to them the ways in which I had loved myself. And that was something that I actually used at the Honor Code office because I do think that it is the first step in the repentance process is being able to openly say to a leader where you loved yourself and how much you loved yourself and what you were thinking about when you loved yourself. And if you loved yourself with your hands or with other things or other people. Oh, oh I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, but. I think I might because you know what, Ashantancha, I have a, a hormonal uh adolescent daughter who I've been finding weird um, towels folded strangely around the side of the tub. And I've even opened up the bathroom door at points to check and and found her almost like straddling the edge of the tub, almost like she fell down. And and she's sort of um, mounted on this sort of cushioned towel, um, sort of like in a humping motion with the edge of the tub. And I wonder, is that... 
her being consumed with self-love? Which daughter? The one who says she's into horseback riding. Oh. What do you think, Ashantansha? Listen, I saw this a lot in the common rooms at IBC. You know, I put up I put up I put up posters that would say, This is your third warning. Okay, if you keep cuddling, puddling, making out, you will be expelled. Smile, you're on camera. And, th- and then I ended up with all this footage of exactly what you're describing, blankets on the sides of couches oh. and people putting their shoulders on their, uh, putting their heads on their shoulders. <laughs> people putting their people heads put their on their heads. boyfriend's shoulders. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Not that. I had some different thing where, yeah, I, I, I guess I hate when people's heads are on their shoulders too. But like, you know, when they're just like leaning weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's for married people, Gray. Yep. You, you know, uh, Abishola, I do really think that something, you know, before we get too off track, what what does it look like as you go into one of these these mission missions? Um, ha, you know, if I'm a young person and I'm really interested in going on a missions trip to save one of these Mormons who are on missions, what can I expect and where can I be? Uh, where, where can I expect to go? So we have a missionary, saving missionary training center. Oh. And they come for a few weeks, and we try to teach them the language if they're going to a foreign country. And we also try to do prep so that they know what to say to these young, brainwashed Mormon missionaries. And we give them transcripts of uh, Mormons admitting that they're spending all this tithing money on shopping malls. Really? On stocks, oh. yeah, they and on expensive taxis for their leaders, all sorts of crazy things that just seem evil in my mind. That it's not doing the work of Christ, and and we try to give them these tools so that when they go up to these young Mormon missionaries, they can be like, "Look at the ways in which your church is lying to you." I love that because we don't spend money on anything that isn't just expressly for the mission of bringing people to Christ here at our mega church. Oh, Jamba Juice brings people together. Oh, it does. Oh, have you been to the new Jamba Juice in the food court? Oh, it's a, it's incredible. It it's so amazing. Good. It's such a beautiful gathering place. And and is is that basically it? They um you know they, so they're just kind of trying to point out the inconsistencies that these other ones are, are out there peddling. Well, they do, and if they listen, that's great. But if they don't. We have a very strong backup plan. Oh, really? Yeah. So, for example, I was training two young missionaries, my missionaries, not those missionaries. And we saw two other missionaries, their missionaries, not my missionaries, at the park approaching families. And we couldn't really hear what they were saying, but I know the spiel because I've given it. Do you want to hear about Christ? We're from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and all of that. And then they give people Book of Mormons. And as they leave... I get my missionaries, not their missionaries, to go up to where the missionaries were before. And my missionaries go to where the missionaries were before, and they take away the Book of Mormons. They rip them off. They throw them in the trash. And they tell them all the reasons why the Mormon church is a cult and then try to give them the real teachings of Christ. I love it. Wow. And have you found any helpful techniques to take someone who's been brainwashed with a high control religion and sort of dump all that bad info out of their brain? so that we can insert the correct dogma. Well, one thing that really helps is that people are really mean to missionaries and that makes them feel isolated. Mm. It makes them feel like they are only welcome in the Mormon church and not amongst anyone else. So we do try to befriend them and let them know that 
other followers of Christ can also be kind to them so that they don't feel as much like mm. they can only go home to Mormons mm-hmm. and those are the only people mm-hmm. who will be nice to them. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that they will know we are Christians by our what? By our love. And so we will love those morons, those Mormons to, to Christ. And honestly, I've never thought about it before, Ashantancha, but I bet the fact that you were already a person of faith when you had faith in the wrong stuff, it just made it an easier sidestep to come over into a new faith because you were already a person of faith. You're a faith-based person. And so you're already wired to believe things that maybe secular people have trouble believing. They have trouble believing that a snake can speak because it doesn't have mandibles and, you know, the ability to create sound with its mouth. They have trouble believing that there is a, a fruit on a tree that can offer eternal life. They have have trouble believing honestly that they're lovable but until they feel our the immensity of our love uh you know they're never going to get it but i i think it might be harder to uh secure secular people than it is to to just grab some of these moronic mormons you know what i mean oh that's definitely true i think it is a, a double-edged sword, and I only know what I know, and I, I don't think that I would be the person that I am if I hadn't grown up Mormon. So it's hard to separate what's me and what's what's Mormonism, but I do think that it led me to have a great faith, and it did lead me to Christ in the correct way eventually. So I don't regret any of it. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. felt like inside you to be Mormon? It felt like very reassuring. I felt like I was part of something bigger. But honestly, I feel very much the same. It's not that different from how I feel now. Oh, wow. One, one, one big difference that I will say I'm watching out for and had a little a bit of my own scandal with is that sometimes these missionaries engage in same-sex romantic behavior. Excuse me? Which ones? Not my missionaries, the Mormon missionaries. Those missionaries, not my missionaries. Because my missionaries, now we pair a female and a male together so that they don't have the temptation of same-sex romantic behavior. I've heard of this, actually. I think, weren't they calling them homo-Mormons? 
Homormons? Homormons. 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 I mean, when, it, it is just really shocking, isn't it? Because a lot of times I've seen those, you know, a couple of guys, blonde guys, good looking guys in suits walking around and you're like, okay, are they in the Secret Service? Mm-hmm. Um, and it turned out, no, they were probably, an, you know, a couple of homormons. It's kind of hard to say. Homormons. Hormones. Yes, hormones. Homormons. Uh, yeah, well, that's Harmons. what I'm saying, Solego. And I think, you know, that is one of the things that you, uh, that, that is probably really, really predominant in that whole setup. Yeah, it's these young, hot people together. They're not allowed to be with anyone else. So that's the other thing that I do with my missionaries is like their missionaries, it's like two by two by two. They're supposed to be with their partner all the time and not anybody else. They're not supposed to be alone with a woman. But I'm like, what about being alone with a man? Right. <sighs> so uh, we we travel in groups because there's safety in groups. Oh, I see. So yeah. you have upwards of what? Three, four, five people chasing chasing after these, you know, blonde guys and Yeah, suits? so it's like six people in a bush, just kind of like just with enough distance watching the missionaries talk to people. And then my missionaries go up as, as a group, like a band. Oh, and are you saying a bush is like a bushel is a measurement or they're actually hiding in a bush? Like they're actually hiding in a bush because oh, okay. we don't want to be seen by them. They already know who we are, you know. That's right. By that point, because we approach them first and, and we try to be very transparent. And then if they're too brainwashed, we just make sure that they're not brainwashing. You know, people. there was an old joke that I had. What do you call what do you call 15 polygamist Mormons in a in a in a van with their, their wives? What? A murder. Because, you know, how they're always murdering, you know, they're all, there's a lot of murder. Is that right? right? Mormons are murdering each other all the time. Whoa. It's a big thing. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's that's what I mean by it. it's very traditional cult in that way. Ashan Tansha, I would just wanted to ask, now that we're talking about these handsome missionaries and whatnot, what is going on with Mitt Romney? I don't know. You know, he's very handsome. Yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, it's confusing. But he's lost his mind, hasn't he? He has lost his mind. He's 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 a betrayal to himself. He really is. The only thing that I really admire is how many kids he has. How, how many does he, does he have? He have? I don't know, but I'm guessing it's like 11 plus. Oh, wow, wow, his poor wife. Well, I wish. Well, he's got more <laughs> than one. Oh, wow. Most Mormons do. Except for my my parents, it's just the two of them. But my dad was actually married to someone else before my mom, and she passed away, and he is what they call sealed to her in the temple. So spiritually, he thinks he has two wives, my mom and Summer. Oh, wow. Really? Sealed. I've, wow. So what's going to go on when they're in heaven? I don't know, but I it it makes my mom freaking mad every time it comes up. She does not want, she's not ready to share him. Really? So she just ignores it. But then my dad will quietly be like, yeah, but she's going to have to deal with it. You know, I got to be honest, Asha and Tantra, I am a little bit shook at this sick idea of these boy on boy missionaries uh, getting into some kind of like sexual harmony together on their missions. It is an abomination. And I never thought about, if you think about it in terms of the bathroom debate, I've always been on the side of there should be a boy's bathroom and a girl's bathroom. But if you have all the boys go into the same room and they all start yanking at each other's 
parts in there and who knows what sticking stuff through holes or falling to their knees or putting things where they're okay, not Hallie, supposed to yeah. go or you, you fill in their mouth with things that so they right, can't Hallie. talk everybody knows now I don't know where I stand on the bathroom debate. Now people just need to use the bathroom at home. I hated having bathrooms all over campus. Are you kidding me? You need to go back into your dorm room, into the bathroom in your room. Awesome. Yeah. I can't even tell you the amount of cameras that I had to put up in bathrooms just to catch people in a cuddle puddle. I mean, I've been against public bathrooms forever. I think it's something that no one should do in public. I just even use the bathroom in public. Oh, no. Go home. Yeah, no. Just go home. That's terrible. It's terrible. I also have a really hard time with bathrooms because that is, it was in a bathroom that I realized that even though I don't believe in divorce, that I was going to have to divorce my husband. Oh, no, you oh. got a divorce. Well, I'm trying to serve him papers, but I can't find him. Oh, oh, no, where is he? I don't know. I looked everywhere for him. I looked at Sunblock, which is a gay bar downtown. I looked at, uh, I went to a Kansas City Chiefs game because he follows that self-proclaimed slut Taylor Swift everywhere. Uh, oh. That's a pretty gay football team. I looked at a Barnes and Noble because he uh, likes to read books in the coffee shop. There's a lot of gay stuff in there. Yeah, are yeah. Barnes and Nobles gay? Wow. Uh, just Absolutely. Wow. It look, you see all those Dolly Parton books, coffee table books? Why would you sell that? Oh, um, but she's yeah. great. Well, I need to serve him papers and get a divorce. I I know that it's wrong, but I prayed, I, I pondered, and I heard a still small voice that came to me and told me that it was more important for me to populate and replenish the earth than it was for me to not get a divorce. I am meant oh, I to be a breeder. I'm meant to bring spirits into this oh, world. Wow. And I can't do that with my husband because he's repulsed by me. So. I've always wondered, what did the still small voice actually sound like? Was it like a, could you do? ASMR. Oh, really? Could you do a bit of it? Yeah. Ash and Oh, really? That quiet? Okay. It's okay if you want to get a divorce because you need to have a child. Oh, wow. I got God bumps. And sometimes the still small voice would get louder and would start to sound like my mother. You know, she, I went home over Christmas and Last year, she told me, Ashantansha, you're not going to live forever? And your eggs, they dying. You said you want six kids, but you're going to be dead by the time you have five. Why you don't have babies? So when the still small voice is your mother's voice, it yells. That's as quiet as she gets. Oh, okay. So you're not hearing that voice. That's something she's actually saying to you. Well, she has said that to me, but sometimes it comes to me when I'm praying. Has the still small voice ever wanted to like open up cellophane or like drag its fingernails across like a, a surface or, or something? Yeah. Sometimes it sounds like this. Oh, it's just like fingernails on a... Oh, wow. Oh, I, I heard a sprinkling of rain. That's really nice, isn't it? Wow, it's that's so relaxing. really nice. And that's what it's like to be in line with Christ's spirit. You know, when you hear that, when you're praying, you know you're doing something right because it just makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up and my mouth fills with saliva. I, I feel really compelled by your mother's still small voice. Maybe you can share with me like the things she used to say to you about loving yourself so that I could use it on my daughter. Would you give me a, a, a little um, sampling of the things she would say to you to stop you from degrading yourself that way? Yes. I, first, I just want to say something to you, Hallie. You should sniff around the side of your drying machine you should sniff around the side of the bathroom counter. You should probably keep towels out of the bathroom because I've seen towels in the common room draped over the toilet as well. Oh. 
There is no safe place. So basically you can have no edges in your household? So so what am I sniffing for? What will the scent be? Uh, what, what, what type of scent am I sniffing for? Honestly, is it sort of like a, a decaying peach? Is it like a, a bad can of tuna? Is it What am I smelling for? How will I know I'm onto the right scent? Have you ever seen a shirtless picture of Ewan McGregor? I sure have. Yeah, definitely. What did your pants smell like afterwards? I would have to say... Something in the range of like when you reach into that crisper drawer in your fridge and you realize there's a bag of carrots at the bottom that's been in there for a few months and it has a brown slime around it. Yep. Same color. There's like a it's an earthy sort of pungent kind of fungal sort of a sour kind of sweet musky kind of scent. I don't know what we're talking about because I've looked at plenty of pictures of you and McGregor. and My pants always smell clean like bleach. Mm. I mean, I, I use him as an example partially because when I went home for Christmas, my, my mom said, look this beautiful picture of Jesus Christ. And it was a picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi. But you know what she would say to me? Okay, here's, here's my memory, Hallie, is I would be, actually, I don't want to describe it because it is far too shameful. But let's just say the way that you found your daughter, my mother found me that way. And she came in and she said to me, I don't want to see you ever do that again, ever. And I smell your Barbie shoes and I know you're using those too. Your Barbie shoes? Yeah, Barbie shoes. Well, I don't even, I can't even, I don't even want to know. Ashan Tansha Bakley was played by my favorite human being, Anatasha Blakely. Thanks for coming back on the program, my friend. Follow her at Anatasha Blakely. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Gray Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.